The border crisis is getting worse. And could Hunter Biden actually take his dad down with him? I'm Byron York from The Byron York Show. Download and subscribe to my daily podcast to hear me get right into the news of the day. Subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Never run out of coffee by joining the club with Black Rifle Coffee Company. Black Rifle Coffee Company was built upon the mission to serve coffee and culture to people who love America. As a veteran-owned company, Black Rifle Coffee Company delivers on that promise by developing explosive roast profiles with the same mission focus learned as members of the military, and they're committed to supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders. When you join the coffee club, you select your perfect roast, how much coffee you want, and how often you want it delivered, and it's all shipped right to your door for free. Not only do you save a trip to the store, but you also receive special discounted pricing. You gain access to exclusive products and partner brand discounts. Not sure what roast is best for you? Take the Black Rifle Coffee Quiz and get matched to the perfect coffee roast and then join the club. Visit BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana to save 20% off your purchase in your first coffee club order. That's 20% off with promo code Dana at BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana. Fuel your life with America's coffee. Black Rifle Coffee. On Saturday, at my direction, the United States successfully concluded an airstrike in Kabul, Afghanistan that killed the Emir of Al-Qaeda, Iman al-Zawiri. You know, Zawiri was uh, bin Laden's leader. He was with him all the, the whole time. He was his number two man, his deputy at the time of terrorist attack 9-11. He was deeply involved in the planning of 9-11. One of the most responsible for the attacks that murdered 2,977 people on American soil. For decades, he was the mastermind behind attacks against Americans, including the bombing of the USS Cole in 2000, which killed 17 American sailors and wounded dozens more. He played a key role, a key role in the bombing of the U.S. embassies in Kenya and Tanzania, killing 224 and wounding over 4,500 others. He carved a trail of murder and violence against American citizens, American service members, American diplomats, and American interests. So that was the President of the United States speaking about the dead terrorists, which I said yesterday, I said during the, actually I think it was in my newsletter, I said this, that'd make a great band name. Apropos of absolutely nothing, it would make a great band name. Dead terrorists. But if we were able to drone this guy out, why did we need people there for 20 years? Great I've got a lot of questions today. Welcome to the show. It's Dana Lash. It's the, your lovable curmudgeon here with you this Tuesday. I've got a lot to break down. We're, uh, starting with, we're, we're going to get into all the primaries because we've got Arizona, Kansas, Michigan, Washington, Missouri. And we got that weird Trump endorsement that we've got to discuss from yesterday. It was very interesting. So we're going to get into all of that. So first and foremost, though, this uh, and oh, and then, of course, we're going to also further break down the uh, uh, China visit here or the the Taiwan visit that China thinks that Taiwan's part of it. And that's just a historical fiction. So first and foremost, we killed a terrorist and. I I need to see, you know how we had the saying somewhat facetiously, show us some aliens? Okay, show me the dead terrorist. Because forgive me if I just don't just willy-nilly believe every single thing that my government tells me. I've, I kind of have had, I've, I've had a little bit um, of a, a, a 
some issue with believing my government over the past couple of years. I don't know. It's so weird. I, ju- I think it's fair, right? I think it's completely fair to say I just I'm going to need to see the carcass of this guy. I'm going to need to I'm going to need to see it before I just immediately believe because not my problem. It's theirs. So my questions include this. We killed a terrorist dude with a drone. So why did we need troops in Afghanistan for 20 years? The Ayman al-Zwahiri. Can I just say, can we just stop everything and just marvel at our defense technology for a minute? We didn't kill him with an explosion. We literally killed him with an anime stand. It was like a stand from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, right? It's, it's Star Platinum, the world! And out comes a Hellfire, quote-unquote, missile with blades. Okay, this is the stuff that you see, like, in Gmod or something. This is not something that I... I mean, I legit did not know. I knew it existed just only last year because I read something about it, the stuff that we had. We basically killed him with a stand. And at like a, ba- a magical power that our guys had. That's how we killed this guy. I don't know. If, have you read what this thing does? It's like a bunch of Ginsu knives that come out of a tiny little drone. They call it literally... The flying Ginzu. Or actually, it's, they also call it the ninja bomb. So the thing that I had read about it was a Wall Street Journal piece. Actually, this was a couple of years ago. So I, I had read about it, and I think we actually had it in the headline, and we laughed, and we're like, oh my gosh, that's so crazy. Oh my gosh, they totally legit used it. This dude walks out on his balcony, and, and it has six honking knives that just fly out. It's like the slap chop in air. We slap chop the hell out of this dude on his balcony. He goes out, this terrorist, you know, after he spends some, oh gosh, gosh dang it, I'm going to get so politically incorrect. I was going to make a terrorist joke. He goes out on his balcony to enjoy the dry, dusty desert air and chop, 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 chop. It's, I mean, and just crazy. It is a drone fired missile, except it has blades. And it shoots out just seconds, seconds before impact. I think it's, this thing is one of the most awesome things that I've ever heard of. I mean, it just, it's, um, what, are, what do they call the, the stars? This flying star, what do they call the star that you throw? Yeah, the Chinese, it's like that, but cooler. This is, it's pretty, I mean, we have a ninja bomb. I don't know about you, but that sounds... I am totally okay with my tax dollars paying for that. I would like to see more of said ninja bombs. I mean, it's... So it comes out and it just... It legit is like the inside of a blender. So you have Ayman al-Zwahiri, the Al-Qaeda leader, coming out in Kabul. But you know what? I mean, in addition... Yes, I was totally fangirling over the Hellfire missile with the Ginsu blades. But then, Kane, I had another thought here. Because Al-Zwahiri, as we know, he's Osama, but was because he's apparently dead. I just need to, I, I get that there's no carcass, that it's only going to be chopped up pieces like, you know, what you would see with, um, you know, just like like a stew meat. But I still want to see it anyway. But he was the guy who plotted the USS coal bombing, the attacks on our embassies in Kenya and Tanzania. I still need to see, you know, like show us some aliens, show us some dead terrorists. But here's the thing that got me. I was just reading the article, and I was, oh, wow, this is just crazy Ginsu knives. Woo! Wait, what? In Kabul? In Kabul. Because, remember, what was the whole purpose of us being in 
Afghanistan for 20 years to prevent al-Qaeda from using Afghanistan as, once again, a seat for their mastermind operations. And here this guy is in Kabul already. So, and just out on his balcony, right there, just out on his balcony and walks out and boom, there he is. So they're already back in Kabul using it as a base of operations once again, chilling on the balcony. That's just, you know, there you go. So I, I, I saw that and I had some questions. You know what I mean? I had some questions about that. Now, here's the other thing. The drones and the, you know, this terrorist in, in Kabul, I was thinking about all of the, um, well, because we had that horrible, disastrous, thanks to the president of the United States, withdrawal from Afghanistan. Everybody, I mean, you can't forget that. The other thought that I had, too, about this is that I kind of forgot Zawahiri was around. I don't want to downplay this, but I kind of forgot that this, you know, terrorist goat lover was around. I'm sorry. Do people get upset for me mocking terrorists? Because it's what I do. It's kind of a thing. I, I just, and I think I was not the only one, because think about it. What did everybody always say with Al Qaeda? With Al Qaeda, oh, we take out Osama bin Laden, and yes, somebody else is gonna is gonna just like you know a Hydra head. He's gonna show up in his place. Okay, yeah, I get that. But was Al Zawahiri all that great? Now, yes, the most recent thing that they did was the uh, they had a uh, uh, it was the uh, Navy down in Pensacola, shooting down in Pensacola. It was a guy who had been radicalized, apparently, and he was claiming that it was on behalf of Al-Qaeda. But other than that, what's the last big thing that you can state that Al-Qaeda did? And that was at the Naval Air Station there in Pensacola. I mean, the only thing I can think of, that was 2015 when they went into Charlie Hebdo's offices in Paris. Other than that, so Al-Zawahiri apparently wasn't that I don't know if he wasn't that charismatic or he just wasn't that. I really do think that there's something to the whole thing that you can't just replace the head of this particular Hydra. Because it just seemed like, I don't know, they were all kind of a little bit more together when uh, you had Bin Laden alive. All I know is that we spent, that we sent a, a Ginsu knife drone over there to slap chop this redacted, redacteder off a balcony and... That, to me, is glorious, and I really want to play the Team America song. Because nothing says America like we're going to give you the shiv repeatedly on a balcony in Kabul like this. Can I just bask in this a little bit? Because I love gadgets. I love weaponry. I hate terrorists. I love the killing of terrorists. I hate. This is amazing. I'm okay with this. You okay with this, Kane? I think think that's all good. Now, I'll say this. I think Biden's trying to desperately redeem himself after all the years of bragging that he told Barack Obama to not go and get bin Laden. Remember, he was the guy who was like, no, this is a bad idea because Joe never gets a damn thing right, was pretty much the quote that Obama shared with the public. But I don't think Joe made this call because, remember, he can't even be in the damn situation room, can he? He can't even be in there because he's he's got uh, the uh, elderly COVID, the schlong COVID, right? It's all the same thing, isn't it? 
Kind of. Maybe he got it from Hunter. Who knows? He's with those weird Russian prostitutes in these mirrored elevators. I don't know. You know, with his Parmesan. So my whole point is that I do, this is, I mean, I'm all good with, with the flying Ginsu knives. I'm all good with the dead terrorists. And I just don't believe them. I need to see it. <laughs> I need to see it. Show me them dead terrorists. Now, Biden's having a mostly sort of kind of decent week. I don't know if you guys realize this. He hasn't fallen down any stairs yet. Wait, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold up. Guys, his, his, his approval rating went up a whole point and a half. Yeah. You mean the margin of error? Yeah. I mean, it's still within it. Okay. But, you know, let's be positive, right? Because the guy's on death's door. Okay. I don't want to... I mean, he's got the, the long COVID, the monkey pot, whatever it is, right? Is it all the same thing? It's not. It's not. He's, uh, his RCP average went from 36, actually it's about 37 to 38. So almost, it's about a whole point. Look at that. Amazing. Because he's been in the basement. When they don't have him out of the basement... People forget that he's such a ridiculous person and his approval rating goes up. Yeah, he got get them gains. Just keep him out. That's why he's got the quote unquote long COVID. I said long COVID. I said it. What, is, what are you hearing? That's, you know, it's a Rorschach test. I think that you sinful people hear what you want to hear. You're trying to blame me, huh? Okay. Just saying. All right. Your ears hear what your cup runneth over out of your heart or something. So it just what it is so he's having kind of a not not a horrible week although everyone was really confused about his covid symptoms i was not the only one that was wondering like this doesn't make sense so he had negative tests last week then he tested positive because they didn't they tell us this just because you test negative doesn't mean you're negative you could still be positive so just stay in your house forever so he tested positive again and he was on the designer horse paste I'm sorry, Paxlovid, Pavlovid's dog. He was on, no, it's designer, guys. Paxlovid, it's designer. We all know that that's bougier and probably better for you, right? Yeah, I mean, who wants that generic horse paste when you can get designer horse paste? (laughs) So he's, he is on the Paxlovid. Isn't that the same thing that, uh, Hoggle from Labyrinth was on Fauci. It was the same thing he was on, and he's like, "Oh, sometimes we we you know a small minority of us we relapse on the Paxlovid." So far, everybody that I've heard that's been on Paxlovid has relapsed. So just saying, it doesn't seem it's a minority of all the people who take Paxlovid. It's as effective as the vaccine, right? So they first they said he didn't have symptoms and he has some symptoms. He has reoccurring symptoms. Nobody knows what the truth is. We're going to get into the China. Uh, squawking over the Taiwan visit. Chinese jets were in the Taiwan Strait uh, just a couple of hours ago. So we're going to talk about all of that. And we're also going to, because Taiwan, it's historical fiction that they're part of China. Uh, We're going to get into primary day, all kinds of fun stuff. When you want an affordable, consistent meat option for your family, look no further than Good Ranchers. Good Ranchers believe there is no quality like American quality and that everyone deserves to know where their meat comes from. Delivering 100% American, never imported meat straight to your door, Good Ranchers products have no added hormones or antibiotics. Cattle are pasture-raised, chickens are free-range, and Good Ranchers farms use the most innovative techniques to ensure every cut of meat hits your table a cut above the rest. The T-Bones, burgers, ribeye, 
ribeyes and chicken are all some of the best I've had. Everything is hand cut and trimmed, individually vacuum sealed, and flash frozen to ensure superior quality. So right now, use code Dana to get $30 off your order plus free express shipping. Get premium steakhouse quality meat without the premium prices. Visit GoodRanchers.com slash Dana and save $30 off your next order plus free express shipping. Eat seriously delicious food from GoodRanchers.com slash Dana. Good Ranchers, American meat delivered. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. So I went long last segment. I apologize. I'm going to make it up for you next segment. So let's do this quickly. Eating lots of highly processed food is going to make you a giant fatty McFatson. That's according to NBC News in a study that's totally obvious. They said adults who ate more processed food saw a 25% faster decline in their ability to plan and execute a task than people whose diets did not contain much processed food. So the, the worse you eat, the worse you become. More Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. According to Lending Club Corporation, they found that the number has increased to 61% in June, up 55% one year prior, which is not good. And in California, a liquor store owner female shot a would-be robber who tried to shoot her with a rifle. She's fine. Stay with us. If you're like me, you're growing more and more concerned about the future. Inflation is at its highest level in 40 years. Interest rates are skyrocketing and market experts not only predict a recession, but they're using terms like, quote, economic hurricane and unprecedented. So if you want to protect your future, do what I did. Call the only precious metal dealers that I trust, American Hartford Gold. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your savings and retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver. So get started with just one short phone call and they'll have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or inside your IRA or 401k. They're the highest rated firm in the country with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied clients. Call right now and you'll receive up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. Don't wait. Call 866-887-1188. That's 866-887-1188. Or text Dana to 998899. Protect your future with American Hartford Gold. 866-887-1188 or text Dana to 998899. CPAC Chairman Matt Schlapp explains why firing Nancy Pelosi and winning the midterms needs to be our white-hot focus, or 2024 might not even matter. I'm Bill Walton. On the latest edition of The Bill Walton Show, Matt and I also discuss how a small number of leftists are ruining our corporations and institutions and why conservative ideas are better because they work and they make us happy. Follow The Bill Walton Show at Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. We have multiple channels to communicate with the Taliban, um, and we're using those channels. Uh, we've made it very clear uh, that this was a violation, not that we believe, not that we think, it was a violation of the Doha Agreement, which specifically says that it commits them to not allowing Afghanistan to be used as a safe haven or a launching pad for attacks against the United States uh, or other of our allies. So I, I don't care about John Kirby on this. He had to th- something yesterday, and I wanted to play this. I'm going to find this. It was his uh, when he was asked specifically about the when he was asked specifically about the visit from Pelosi to Taiwan, because we're I'm not spending a lot of time on Afghanistan right now. Uh, And we have. uh, Well, hang on. Hang on. Hang on. 
in the rundown, which is at the top of the segment, the Pentagon came out and said this very interesting thing yesterday. Listen. Well, the speaker can speak for herself uh, and uh, whatever she wants to say on this trip is really her prerogative. That's why it was so important for me in my opening comments, Kelly, to make clear what this administration's policy is with respect to the One China principle, one, sorry, One China policy, um, as well as um, as not wanting to see cross-strait uh, tensions re- uh, re- resolved by any than other than peaceful means, and the fact that we don't support Taiwan independence. It was important for me to lay that down right at the outset. That's they don't support Taiwan independence, which is really weird because I mean we talked about this with Stephen Yates yesterday, and I if you haven't checked out. His uh, our discussion on that, you definitely need to because they it, it's it, there's always been this strategic ambiguity that even Republican administrations have actually done, uh, which is, you know, and frustrating to say the least. There's always been this strategic ambiguity and the ambiguity has been, well, they're not really part of China and but we don't want to make China mad. So we're not going to. We're not going to we're just we're just going to kind of walk around the the whole entire time and do surprise delegation visits. Now, we talked like I said, we talked about this with Yates. I mean, Taiwan has not ever historically been part of China. It hasn't been since the the Qing dynasty ceded the island, which was comprised of the Manchu peoples. And they descended from other folks who immigrated from Manchuria. They get, so they had Japanese control for a little bit up until world after World War II. And the dynasty only ever used the island as a shield during the war with the Japanese uh, and never really actually incorporated it fully into part of mainland China. In fact, they always treated them as second-class citizens. And so Taiwan was always uniquely its own. And after World War II, there was a brief period where I think it was a part of the Han regime had actually uh, administrated the island br- brutally. They ruled it brutally for only like four years. Um, and then afterwards, uh, Taiwan resisted. So this idea that that everyone else, you know, is supposed to recognize Taiwan as part of China because China has, you know, all these rockets pointed at Taiwan. I mean, this is it's ridiculous. It's historical revisionism. Of course, that's China. China already went through their wokery when they decided to revise their history and they had their great cultural revolution under Mao and the man-made man-caused famine which killed millions of people. So, yeah. And I I'm of two minds of this. Because right now we were watching, they had Chinese tanks on local on on these beaches opposite Taiwan, and Pelosi landed. It's nighttime there. It's like one o'clock in the morning there, so we're not going to see any action there until this evening. Landed in Taipei at like ten something their time. They're twelve hours. Is it twelve hours behind? Yeah, or 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 ahead technically, right? Yeah. So twelve. So they landed. Uh, so there, it's nighttime over there. She's already apparently, I think, staying at a, at a hotel there in Taipei. And then she's expected, nobody knows because it's not official, to meet with the leader of Taiwan. So Beijing has been saber rattling and saying all this stuff. World War Three was trending on Twitter. And Pelosi issued a statement in part which read uh, that uh, her congressional delegation's visit to Taiwan honors Americans, America's unwavering commitment to supporting Taiwan's vibrant democracy. It's one of several congressional... Uh, delegate one of several congressional delegations to Taiwan in no way contradicts longstanding U.S. policy. So the and the longstanding policy has always been this strategic ambiguity 
the I mean, the Taiwan uh, Relations Act, which Yates mentioned yesterday. I mean, there is some support that is to be provided Taiwan, but it's always, you know, again, it's strategic ambiguity. This um, I was reading this piece earlier and I'm going to link this in your prep email and I agree with it and I don't agree with it because it starts off because I'm of two minds of this. Neither of those minds recognizes Taiwan as being part of China. But the mind that I am on is is why Nancy Pelosi is doing this now. And we discussed this yesterday. She could have done this a numerous times. So why now? Um, and is there a backup plan if you know China does decide to get froggy, which both Yates and I don't think that they will because Xi Jinping is not going to do anything that actually harms China and doing something right now with their economy and their fa- falling birth rate uh, that absolutely would harm harm them. But this piece that I was reading, it was kind of interesting. It called um, Nancy Pelosi the Franz Ferdinand of America in a way. You know, here uh, an unpopular. Uh, it was it was a, a piece written by Malcolm Kayan, an unpopular doddering octogenarian auditioning for the role of America's Franz Ferdinand. And meanwhile, America, like Austria, Hungary before, it seems to have entered a period of decadence as it lurches toward a war it does not want to fight and has no guarantee of winning. I mean, there is no guarantee. There's no guarantee in any war ever. There's only guarantee in your preparation of it. And the one thing that we know about our preparation of it is that there sure as hell is no guarantee because we've been so focused on wokery. Uh, we've talked about this before. I'm not even sure how we would perform in the Pacific theater if some, some, something like this were to happen. Uh, so this is I mean, it's all kind of completely predictable. But at the same time, I look at history. Everyone's freaking out and wringing their hands over, oh, Pelosi's either walking us into a war or, you know, China's going to react this way, et cetera, et cetera. Newt Gingrich did the same damn thing back in the 90s when he walked into Taiwan with a delegation and met with leaders there in Taipei. And it was under the same litany of threats from China, just like today. And guess what? Nothing happened. And China was even, you could argue, in a better position then than they are now economically and and with relations elsewhere and nothing absolutely nothing happened but this idea that we i mean i'm just absolutely shocked at the white house's maneuvering on this while nancy pelosi's in taipei because what you just heard from that audio soundbite that we played of john kirby reading his little statement off with a smile in his voice is that the white house was throwing nancy pelosi straight the hell under the bus now, they all they all sit here and say, well, it's, you know, we're, no, no policies change. Notice that Pelosi and I'm not defending this woman. I mean, heaven knows. I think I've been on record more than 99 percent of the population and criticizing her. However, what I find is this very interesting dynamic. And I do think that this is kind of a business. You could argue that I, I believe it. It's a business move for her, considering Taiwan is a huge manufacturer of semiconductor chips, and she and her husband stand to benefit from a business association there. Yeah, you could totally think that she's going over there to defend her business interests. I'll believe you. Uh, but at the same time, she's going in defiance of her own party's leadership the president of the united states who clearly she's never said in any of her statements or in any of her remarks she's never said that taiwan's part of china she's never said we honor china's one uh, one one china policy she just said this doesn't change long-standing policy that's all she said more of the strategic ambiguity it's kind of funny i just if you know if joe biden and his cabal of little k street ruffians think that they're going to outwit you know, this old lady, dude, old ladies are mean, man. They are manipulative. Anyone who doesn't think so, ain't never had a grandma. I mean, you're just not going to win that fight. You're just like how, you know, young dudes think that they're going to fight a strong old man. There is such a thing as old man strength. It is real. It is supernatural. I don't know. 
like the mean manipulation of an old lady. It is real. It is supernatural. I don't know. My whole point is that it is, I can't believe that the Speaker of the House, I mean, I can't, goes over to Taipei and the doddering administration's like, oh, we don't support this. This is one China policy. It's kind of wild when you think about it. It's just, it's amazing. Here's the other thing, though. If they did, if China did decide to get froggy, just, you know, then have we planned for this? Because I feel like that answer is a resounding no. Think about all of the things required to make just basic antibiotics. We're not able to do that. We get tons of it from China. What about, I mean, some of this other, you know, medical, the medical equipment, etc. What about, I mean, do we have, I mean, the Defense Production Act, it was meant for things like maybe let's not be reliant upon China while we're ticking them off right now on antibiotics and other medical uh, equipment and innovation and, uh, you know, maybe some rare earth elements, etc. for chips. Maybe let's just use the Defense Production Act to make some of that stuff instead of climate change garbage. That's really what that kind of stuff is for. But we don't have a backup plan. We've been having our military tweet out about my two dads like an old TGIF show. We've been having our military do wokery crap. And in the meantime, we're we're out here like stepping up to a, what a challenge and we haven't done the necessary preparation. Clearly, people don't read Sun Tzu anymore. I mean, we haven't done anything. I loved this piece because of the Franz Ferdinand aspect of it, which I don't know if I necessarily agree with. But I did like this. This is kind of funny. They said that nothing of the sort in terms of being prepared is being done or to alleviate our extensive reliance on China. Instead, America's loyal mandarins are editing the definition of recession on Wikipedia in order to pretend that the U.S. isn't currently in one. That's true. I mean, what happens if if something kicks off and we get into some kind of tussle with China? And I'm not saying this as a way to avoid because there's going to be at some point because we have idiots in government. No one's going to be able to engage in the diplomacy necessary to do this. And so as a result of them being dimwits, they're going to expect for everyone else to pay in their children's lives the blood bill on that. So you have this, you know, doddering administration, bad, bad or non-existent diplomacy. We're stepping up to this thing and we haven't taken the necessary preparations to make sure that we don't need China. We don't need their cheap labor. We don't need their rare earth elements and, and the outsourcing of our pollution over there. Because think about it. Remember when you were told, oh, 15 days to slow the spread. What the hell do you think is going to happen when we can't get antibiotics from China? Well, make sure you do everything possible to avoid getting sick. What do you think is going to happen? When, when, when you can't get basic antibiotics... Do your part, stay inside, don't go anywhere because we can't get antibiotics. That's what's going to happen. So these, I mean, we could prepare. We could still prepare now, but we're not. And our, our leaders clearly, I mean, you can see that with this chips bill. They are just, they're, they don't have the political wherewithal to do this. They just don't. I mean, it's just the way it is. They're, they're just being ridiculous about it. So this... 
you can sit here and say, well, America needs to take a stand. But when America takes a stand, like back, you know, during World War II, when we finally said no, guess what we did? We mo- we we mobilized. All of our industries worked together for one common cause. And Democrats do not do that right now because they common causes are antithetical to their their strategy. They live and survive on division because it is a great substitute for for an absent policy. And that's what that's what they're doing. So I don't know. I you know, I look at all this stuff. I, I, we, I don't think that we do what's necessary in order to back up. You know, any kind of talk that we're doing right now. So I'm telling you, um, but it, it is weird. Why does she go over there now? Why now? I mean, people do visit. You've had Rick Scott. He was there in July. Um, I think it was a Democrat from Illinois. What's her face? Uh, Duckworth. She was over there. Wasn't she there like in uh, just like recently? And so, but I mean, clearly Pelosi is, is way, is higher up. I mean, she's, you know, Speaker of the House. And here she's the Speaker of the House. When Gingrich went, he went to China. And when he arrived in Beijing, that's when Al Gore was leaving. And he wasn't Speaker. He was still the ranking member of the House. But... I mean, when they found out, when the Chinese found out that he was going to go to Taiwan after, they threatened to withdraw his invitation to Taiwan. And Gingrich is like, well, this was a piece in Newsweek. Uh, it, it said that, well, and Gingrich said, well, if you do that, then I'll just stay in Taiwan longer. And at that point, they, they backed down. It's, it's interesting. China was not on Pelosi's itinerary, though. It's Singapore, Malaysia, South Korea, Japan, and Taiwan. And the administration is doing everything that they can. They don't want they don't want China to work with Russia with Ukraine, and they're doing everything that they can to coddle China, including throwing her under the bus like this. We've got a lot more to break down. We've got to talk about. I haven't even gotten to this. The primaries today, including that really wild endorsement that I literally laughed my head off about. With the recent rulings from the Supreme Court, it's worth mentioning that these wins didn't happen on their own. It took the support of companies like Patriot Mobile, who have passionately fought on behalf of the unborn and your constitutional rights. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative mobile phone provider, and they've been on the front lines fighting for your values. This is why Patriot Mobile is different from every other provider out there. Inflation has made it really hard on many Americans, and thankfully, Patriot Mobile has plans for almost any budget, and they offer the same nationwide coverage as all the major carriers. So you get the same great service, plus the knowledge that your money is going to a company fighting for the sanctity of life, religious freedom, and the Second Amendment. Visit PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. Use offer code Dana to get free activation. If you're a veteran or first responder, please let them know because they have special discounts just for you. Come join the movement and make the switch. PatriotMobile.com slash Dana, PatriotMobile.com slash Dana, or call 972-PATRIOT. Red meat, black coffee, truth telling. The Dana Show. So coming up, we're going to get into the primaries that are happening in a handful of states. You've got Missouri. You've got Arizona. You've got Kansas, Michigan, Washington. And then, of course, the Eric's. We got to talk about, we got to have a conversation about 
the non-endorsement that came out yesterday in the Missouri Republican Senate primary. You guys, I am always transparent with you guys. And as long as you're cool, I don't care if you disagree with me. There's some fuds out there who ain't cool. But I was just, I was, I, I was chuckling a little bit because I've never seen anything like what I saw in that expected announcement from 45 about that primary. So we're going to, we're going to break that down and talk about it. And then we're going to make fun of Wokery and all, we got the China mad, everything else. Ah, Everybody's broke. Stay with us because we got another hour of funness on the way. Get off our lawns. Much of the media does not cover some of the most important news of the day. I'm Byron York from The Byron York Show. In my latest episodes, I discuss how the Biden administration is doing nothing to tackle the border crisis and how Hunter Biden, trying to cash in on his father's government position, could have some serious repercussions for his father. Don't forget to download and subscribe to the daily No Chit Chat podcast. I don't talk about every single issue, just the ones you most need to know. Subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, it's been three days now since a Chinese official publicly threatened to murder Speaker Pelosi. Where is the president coming out to respond to, at the very least, say, don't do that? Well, first, we've talked... <laughs> Kirby was just here talking about how um, I have not seen those reports, so I'm uh, just well, going to say they were going to maybe shoot down her plane, or that they would, oh. it would be within their rights to okay. shoot down. Okay, all right. Well, we have talked about that. We have said that there's no need for this type of saber rattling. It is unnecessary. Uh, the president has been very clear. There's been no change uh, in the uh, One China policy. Mm. Uh, so that was Corinne Jean Pierre. That was a really weak response. I, we would just say to stop it, stop it right now. It's so mean and ignorant, and you just so ignorant. ignorant, so ignorant. You just don't even need to do that. Just stop it, just stop it. So mean. Welcome back to the show, Dana Lash here with you. Second hour of the program. Nancy Pelosi's sleeping in Taipei right now, so nobody's, nobody's, nothing's happening. I don't know what the uh, fighter jets that they sent over into the uh, Taiwan Straits are doing, but. It is. Mm, mm, mm. I I just think that that the response should have been different, a lot more different. You know what? You know what would have been funny? And I'm just just speculating here. You know what? Would have, you know have been funny is if you know how sometimes they bring like the easels out and then they can put big giant poster boards of stuff on them, right? And then they have like the, uh, what do they call it? The telescopic, uh, the, the, the collapsible pointer. So it would have been funny if they would have shown, brought the easel out. Well, this is, it's funny that you ask that, um, Peter, because this is, this is what would have happened. Um, bring out the easel and then someone hands her the collapsible pointer and then they bring out a giant picture of something getting just bombed the hell up and put it on the easel. And she just, because see, that would happen. Right there, Peter, that would happen. I'm just saying, I believe in peace through strength. I am the furthest thing from a warmonger. I just believe in peace through strength. That's all, right? If, if someone thinks that you're the worst bully of them all, you don't get messed with. It's kind of how it is, right? That's why you got to fight bullies back and put them in their spot. Goodness. 
So I just, we'll all wait and see what happens with that. I do miss the mean tweets, though. Just saying, some mean tweets would have been awful nice, right? Speaking of mean tweets, holy crap. Did you guys see what happened yesterday in the... <laughs> the so we got primaries. This has had to do with the Missouri primary. So we have prim- primary day for Republicans. Missouri, Arizona, Kansas, Michigan, Washington, a bunch of different states. And everybody's everybody's got their thing going on. I am... I we all knew that there was at some point there was going to be a Trump endorsement in because he gets out and he's been endorsing in a number of these different races. Right. So we knew that was, you know, we knew that was going to at some point it was going to happen. And it was getting really close to the line because today is voting day. Today is, you know, everybody's going to the everybody's going to the polls. So it's a little, you know, just a. I just thought that there would have been some more movement there in Missouri. So anyway, POTUS, the big day came yesterday, and lo and behold, there was an endorsement made. Not really, actually. There wasn't an endorsement made. This is what Trump said about Missouri. I'm going to read his statement. There is a big election in the great state of Missouri, and we must send a MAGA champion and true warrior to the U.S. Senate. Someone who will fight for border security, election integrity, our military, and great veterans, together with having a powerful toughness on crime and the border. We need a person who will not back down to the radical left lunatics already destroying our country. I trust the great people of Missouri on this one. I'll, re- I'll repeat that. I trust the great people of Missouri on this one to make up their own minds as they did when they gave me landslide victories in the 2016 and 2020 elections. And I am therefore proud to announce that Eric in caps lock has my complete and total endorsement. Is that Eric Schmidt who's leading all of the polls right now? Because there's three Eric's in the race. The other guy, I don't even know what the heck his, the other, the third Eric, I don't even know what the third Eric's last name is. He's like not, he's like way down there. I don't know. Like Elroy Jetson? I don't know. He might be a nice guy. I don't know. I'm not making fun of him or anything. I just don't know the guy. So Eric Schmidt is leading all of the polls, the latest one, the Trafalgar poll, that one, that's actually the only polling firm that has been right consistently the last three elections. They were singularly singularly the only polling firm that said Trump was going to win 2016 too. So they've been, and they're rated number two, 538 had a thing on them. They are like the most accurate. So they show uh, Schmidt with like a, a plus 12, plus 13 lead. Ahead of the other Eric, Eric Greitens or Greitens, Greitens. I still don't know, and I don't. I'm not. It's not going to be like a priority. But anyway, so he comes out and says this, and I was laughing. You guys know where I stand. I've told you I like Eric Schmidt just because I like I like his record, and I don't like Eric Greitens because he's a gun grabber. I mean, I don't. You don't have to get mad. I'm just telling you what the facts of the matter are. This is a guy who is a Soros linked World Economic Forum adjacent dude he's associated with all of this he's done all of these different events with these cats i mean this is not anything that you know i have i have a million receipts if you would like to see any or all of them because i've written about all of it and as i said you know we moved to texas in 2013 i was born and raised in missouri my family's still there so you know i've kept up with everything and i i when i left he was still Greitens was had only uh he was still a democrat he was a hardcore Democrat. 
when we were in the streets doing all kinds of grassroots stuff, he was out there doing hardcore Democrat stuff. So I just I know that there's been because there have been a lot of like um, I, I, I just think it's funny because I've heard from people. And these are people that I've seen at different fundraisers at like pro-life stuff or this or that, where they've been down at Mar-a-Lago and they're like, oh my gosh, who is that one Missouri guy? This is what I hear. And I'm like, who are you talking about? We're like, oh my gosh, he's the, he's the crazy eye one. I'm like, oh my gosh, Greitens? He's down there all the time, all the time at events that we don't even know who he's gotten invitations to, trying so hard to get an endorsement. I've heard this from more people than I can count. So he's, I just, can I just be very straightforward with you? First off, the big, the thing that he's been trying to push is that he is the outsider. I don't know how he can be the outsider. He says that anybody criticizing him is the rhino. He's Soros linked. He was recruited by the DCCC. That's the Democrat Congressional Campaign Committee. The Soros link comes by way of National File, who made note that he had done stuff with big tech and the World Economic Foundation and Bill Gates. He absolutely has done all this stuff. There's all kinds of interviews that he's done with it. He was a beneficiary of a Silicon Valley uh, cash during his campaign. He got a, a, a big tech org uh, that pumped a lot of money in one of his previous campaigns. There's all kinds of receipts if you want to look at it he described himself as a lifelong democrat uh and he worked with the aspen institute also Mm -hmm. so every i just don't think that somebody who has done all of that and also was the only republican to establish a gun-free zone in the state of missouri gets to call anybody else a rhino so let's put that to bed right now uh i'm not going to get into all of his personal stuff i know that he is in a huge fight with his ex-wife and there's all kinds of stuff coming out you know about you know the custody and all this i know that while his surrogates like to try to attack me and try to make up rumors about my marriage as one of them was doing apparently before i unmasked him and threatened to let his uh tax exempt nonpartisan institute uh because it was you're not supposed to do that campaign work when you work for an entity like that um and (laughs) until that came out then they had stopped because that was just silly. I just think like, I'm not going to get into personal stuff like he does. I will just say this. If you can't take care of your own family, don't expect to take care of voters' families. If you can't keep your own house in order, don't expect to represent the order of voters' houses. Okay? Uh, the other thing is that the argument that I heard is that any kind of attacks on Greitens is a leftist witch hunt, which is... You need to remember two things because they both can't be simultaneously true, but yet these are his lines of defenses. His first line of defense is that everyone else is a rhino, and we've established that's not true. The second line of defense is that um, that he uses the first defense to dodge the illogic of the second defense. He tries to say that he wraps himself up in Trump's persecution, saying that he's being targeted like Trump. Trump was targeted by the Clintons, the Russians, the CIA, the FBI of FISA court, all with receipts, by the way. We know this is true. And none of their claims were true. There was not a shred of evidence. That's not the case with Greitens. Greitens had to cut a deal with Soros-backed prosecutor Kim Gardner's office because Kim Gardner wasn't just looking at all of this stuff with Greitens. So was a subcommittee formed by a super majority Republican state legislature. And I know for a fact that they were they were looking for any way possible to not have to impeach a sitting Republican governor. 
because they didn't want to imperil a Senate race and their own chances. That's all about survival with these people. And so Trump didn't resign from office. He stayed and fought because he was innocent. And there was no evidence to support all the lies. The truth was on his side. Greitens didn't stay and fight because the evidence was not on his side. He had his defense team approach Gardner to cut a deal. He would leave the governor's office if they would drop some of the charges so he could live to see another day electorally, so to speak. So Greitens' case is absolutely not like Trump's. And don't be misled. Um, I'm not the only person who thinks that. My friend Kurt Schlichter and a bunch of other folks are all in agreement with me on this. And they've also, in in their attorneys, and they've also looked at all this stuff as well. And they're like, "Uh." see, the thing is, you can't rehabilitate yourself by hyperbolically comparing yourself to Trump. He he was legit falsely persecuted by a hapless fourth estate. And they and they had to that fourth estate had to lie and try to falsify FISA warrants and all this stuff against private citizens. And I think that Greitens trying to falsely compare himself to Trump really dangerously diminishes the historical offense that Democrats had committed against not only a, a legitimately elected president, but the private citizens who were working with that president. And that's something that you could, that diminishment now. Um, I also I, I've written about the gun grabbing and all this other stuff uh, where Greitens established a gun free zone. He was celebrated in the St. Louis Post Dispatch for it. So, you know, the thing is, is that there are some of his surrogates. I've seen them out saying, oh, well, Eric Schmidt's a McConnell guy. I don't know if you all know this. Mitch McConnell does not like him. He was not endorsed by Mitch McConnell. And Mitch McConnell's groups definitely did not make any overtures towards Schmidt because Don't you think that's one of the Mitch McConnell hates me will never be on my show has never been on my show. I don't agree with him on everything. The establishment hates me. Mitt Romney tried to get me fired before. So I'm not going to sit here and try to act like, you know, some other person's going to be the bouncer for this stuff. Right. We were fighting the establishment when Greitens was out there road tripping with Bob Holden to go see Obama. So to that point. McConnell's not a fan of Schmidt because Schmidt's gone against the establishment quo for the GOP before. And he's even he's even said as much. He was like, yeah, I don't support him. I don't know why everybody's all hooked up on McConnell as speaker anyway, um, because you got to have you're going to need a replacement for him. And I don't even know. I mean, I just I don't even know who they would have as the replacement. You better have somebody who's a good parliamentarian. That's all I know. Uh, I don't agree with McConnell on everything for sure. But I like that we have a conservative Supreme Court because McConnell shepherded all Trump's appointments through. So I think that that needs some acknowledgement. So long story short, uh, that primary is kicking off. And I just think it's hysterical that that's how Trump weighed in. Now, I have a contributor for my newsletter who doesn't think it's hysterical. And we're going to I'll talk about that here coming up. We're also going to get into this is what else I have on deck for you. Uh, Kamala Harris. (laughs) Waiting to Oh, yeah, it's another gem, another audio gem for you. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Mm-mm-mm. All right, so I uh, we, we're still following all the stuff with China. I got some updates from Nancy Pelosi's people on all this stuff. Uh, let's see, the um, hmm, very interesting Earth Records shortest day ever. Scientists say that the Earth is spinning faster. I knew that time was going faster. I knew it. I mean, the 24-hour rotation is 1.5 milliseconds shorter. But that means we've had to add 27 what they call leap seconds in the past last 50 years to keep global clocks in check. Clocks paused most recently in 2016 to account for this strange astronomical effect. 
Earth's spin appears to be speeding up, and scientists aren't exactly sure why that is. I'm just saying I thought that time was going faster, so... Uh, Estee Lauder is in talks to purchase Tom Ford, which made a really... Tom Ford had a really good lipstick line, I will say. So this is probably why. It's going to be like a $3 billion or more deal. Every woman I know likes Tom Ford lipstick and lip gloss, so that's why I'm telling it for that demo. All you men, I'm telling it for your ladies out there, so just so you know. Uh, Also... More people are catching the Rona a second time, heightening, say experts, the long COVID risk. Long COVID risk. I said, Kane, what is your deal? Long COVID is apparently a real thing. Do you do you though? Okay. So they said that earlier in the pandemic, it was assumed that getting infected gave you some degree of lasting protection. But now they said it's not really a given. We just got to acclimate. We're going to be dealing with this thing for a long time. And Alzheimer's has been. They identified it as a uh, triggered by a one-two punch of common viruses, according to a study. Stick with us. We got more in store. Don't go anywhere. Of all your favorite talk hosts, one of these is not like the others. The Dana Show. Well, uh, an update on where we are currently uh, with gas prices. Uh, We have now been falling for almost seven straight weeks. Uh, As of this morning, gas prices have dropped 81 cents per gallon since their peak in June, as you'll see from the chart uh, to my left here. Uh, That means American families who, who, with two cars, are saving $80 a month. Mm, You know, it could have been a heck of a lot more if you would have just, you know, drilled, allowed more of that and, and also invested in some refineries. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. Your lovable neighborhood curmudgeon. I just saw this headline. And I'm going to get back to the energy and we're going to talk about that. But do you remember back when the United States first began issuing sanctions? This was, this is in spring, right? Late spring, was it in March? And the question was, since all of Putin's cronies were getting sanctioned, was his mistress, Elena Kabeva, was she going to be sanctioned as well? And she was this Olympic rhythmic gymnast, and she heads up the pro, of course she does, a pro-Kremlin media group. She has a cushy job. And there were all kinds of questions as to whether or not he had, because he was with uh, Ludmilla or whatever her name was, divorced her, and then is with Alina Kabeva. And apparently it just came out that there are sanctions now against her. And a few other wealthy Russians. Now, the reason that they were giving as to why they didn't, because everyone's like, why aren't you sanctioning the mistress? She's, you know, this, uh, she's an oligarch, you know, by herself. Why aren't you sanctioning this woman? And the response, and Kirby had even talked about this, was that they did not want to be more aggressive or seem more aggressive than necessary. So I guess they now feel like it's at the point where they can, sanction the girlfriend i just want to know what changed that they feel like they need to do that now as well isn't that do you remember that i'm not crazy right can you remember kirby was he was saying that well we didn't want to make it like too aggressive we didn't you know we didn't want to make it personal or something i don't remember what the excuses were we're like that just seems seems a little weird but now they are I just saw that fly by. I'm going to put that in your prep email for you chapter and verse Substack newsletter subscribers. I just thought that was very interesting. Now they are. Hmm, okay. 
Interesting, interesting. So we'll see on that. Hmm. Now, a few things here. We are watching Nancy Pelosi. Just She actually tweeted out a photo of herself with uh, the, I guess, the Taiwan delegation that greeted her. They sent that to we must always stand and support democracy. She's issuing some like really or her her people are through her social media channels issuing some pretty strong statements stronger than what this current administration has been showing and saying. But why now? It is interesting. Why? Because I think it's about her legacy. I mean, why now? She's she would be since 1997 with Newt Gingrich, the most senior U.S. official to visit Taiwan. And when Newt Gingrich went, China was it was in a very different position, both militarily and economically. And they there was a piece over at New York Times which was saying that Jake Sullivan, who I don't trust, and uh, Joe Biden were meeting with top Chinese leaders begging Beijing to not enter the conflict in Ukraine by giving any kind of assistance to Russia. And I just feel like there's two different agendas that are rubbing up against each other here. And I say this after, as I saw a, another piece on a report that was also mentioned in the New York Times that says that it discusses how Pelosi's timing to go to Taiwan, one of the reasons why it's so inconvenient for the administration is because Jake Sullivan and Joe Biden have been working overtime to keep China from entering the Ukraine conflict by giving aid to Russia. I don't know what I think about that. That kind of seems to me a little bit like a dodge. And I can only, I just don't know why we have to take that only into consideration And why is it, and here's the other thing, because the left has also, because she's outgoing speaker, when when Republicans take over the House, as they are predicted to by Cook Political, Sabato, Crystal Ball, everything, 538, she will not be speaker again. It's not going to happen again. So this is her swan song. This is it. She's thinking of what's next and, you know, her legacy. So... Here's my, this is how I've been viewing this. I feel as though you had, I, th- I don't think it was Pelosi that leaked her visit out to Taiwan. I think it was the White House. I think the White House did it as a way to undermine her. Um, I do think that there has been a little clashing of ego. Remember, Pelosi never really was a Biden person. Biden has his own camp. The Obamas have had their own camp. Pelosi worked with the Obamas way better than she worked with Biden and she doesn't really have have you ever seen her have a relationship with Kamala Harris no it's weird isn't it I think that she has her own interest and Biden has his own interest and in the Pacific Nancy Pelosi's interest yes you could say that the semiconductor chip bill if you wanted to view I and I realize that there's some people on the left that have been talking about that I think it's a perfectly legitimate point to make and that means that for you know business wise she needs to she's of course going to be team Taiwan But Joe Biden and his family's business with China 
puts him squarely in camp with Beijing. So why is it that the left can point? Because I actually have seen some people on the left point this out. They're like, oh, Nancy Pelosi's dragging us into a war. Look at this. I think it's hyperbole. But why is it that they can talk about her? I think it's fascinating that they can talk about it now. And that's only they're only doing it because she's not going to be speaker again. She's going to be out of office after this. It's done. She's she's too old at this point, And she's losing too much popularity with the increasing socialist base of the Democrat Party. It's just not going to happen. Um, she's this is a legacy visit. I think it's probably a business visit. And if the left can sit here and point out her business interests, why then are they still so protective of Biden's interests with hunters? Is it because they're trying to use that still as a as a cudgel against him running again? I don't know. There's a million things. There's a million things here. But I just think it's interesting. There's two agendas that are rubbing up against each other. And then you have at the same time, you know, this in this New York Times piece, it was Tom Friedman that wrote this. At the same time, you have this uh, stor- this this narrative of apparently the deteriorating relationship between Biden and Zelensky. Now, going back to Trump, when Trump, when Zelensky took office and Trump and Zelensky had spoken, uh, it seemed as though Zelensky, because everyone was trying to say that Trump was going to withhold aid so that he could get Zelensky to look into the Hunter Biden, whatever, which tr- turned out to be it was false. I think it's a Rorschach test. If you want to interpret what he was saying in his call to mean something that it absolutely didn't, you're going to find you're going to find something. You'll fabricate something there. It's just a stupid argument. But Zelensky was the guy who apparently was first to move against Biden's interest. Not because he's like pure of heart. I think it's because he's corrupt in his own way. But they have a deteriorating relationship. I didn't think that the relationship was all that great in the first place. I thought it was just an alliance of convenience because of Russia at this point. And also Biden needed to show that he had a good relationship with Ukraine because of all the stuff that came out when, when Trump was president. But then Zelensky fires these high-ranking individuals in the middle of a war. One of them was a friend since his childhood. There's a lot of questions about, uh, about what he's doing. There's questions about Biden's team losing trust in Zelensky. And now you have this thing totally in front page of the New York Times by Tom Friedman. So that's why, and he writes, the, visit could, the timing of Pelosi's visit couldn't be worse. Because you have all this stuff going on with Ukraine. And they're trying to keep Russia apparently from, or China from working with Russia on this there's a lot of moving parts, and I don't. I, I I always pay attention to what the other hand is doing. When you know they're waving the right hand, you got to watch what the left hand is doing. It's it is. This is. It's a very odd. I think it's an odd time. Like I said, for Pelosi to pick this time to go over there right now to go to Taiwan and make this. I'm not. I'm not against it. I don't think that China dictates United States foreign policy. But it is, there's, there's some interesting things in play here. Now, I was, we were talking a little bit earlier about the, uh, Trump, um, <laughs> the Trump endorsement in Missouri. And I think it's, I, like I said, I thought it was funny. He didn't choose Ann Eric. He just said, Eric, and you, know, you could have taken that to mean Eric Schmidt, the guy who's been leading in every single poll and is the only consistent Second Amendment defender, or Eric Greitens, the guy who's mired in scandal, whose own self-sabotaging behavior caused him the governor's mansion barely a year in it. He was barely in there a year before he screwed it all up uh, because of his behavior, his own willful choices. 
And he tried to say that, oh, they're they're going after me like Trump when, in fact, no, unlike Trump, there were receipts with Greeton's behavior and a supermajority Republican legislature separate from the the corrupt D.A., found enough evidence that it merited impeachment. So he cut a deal with Gardner so he could get out unscathed and run another day. He's involved in this huge court battle with his ex-wife who submitted all this stuff about, you know, abuse with the kids and all this. I don't know. I I don't want to get into the personal stuff. But as I said, I just think if you can't handle your own house, you can't handle voters' houses. Uh, So this endorsement. So we have um, PJ Miller is a contributor over at Chapter and Verse. I think it's funny. Miller does not think it's funny and thinks that it's too serious of a race to screw around like this. And I, I get I get it. I still think it's funny. <laughs> I get that it is a very serious race. I don't want to underscore the seriousness of the race. Miller writes, why endorse it all if you're not going to say anything other than one of the Eric's? And I do think that it, I think that Miller's correct and I've talked about them talked about this with them before that the gossip is that Trump did feel that Greitens was reckless but when his you know future daughter-in-law chairs the campaign and I think she got out over her skis on this when she chairs the campaign and then you got all these consultants that are looking to make a buck off an endorsement that I think are really doing a disservice to 45 you can't expect one person to know every single thing about every race in every state in the country That's why you should have some trusted advisors. And I just don't necessarily think that some of the ones advising him about endorsements are doing a great job. I mean, Oz is like my is is trailing the Democrat who who isn't even campaigning in Pennsylvania. And the Senate is too razor thin close to gamble it for the vanity of a guy who's being who's who lost the governor's mansion because of his own behavior. By the way, he was never cleared of any wrongdoing. The Missouri Ethics Commission fined him. He had to pay six figures in fines because he did violate the law. So he was never cleared of charges. This is there and there were a ton of tar- charges with different types of cases that were against him. I think Missourians, you know, I think that that endorsements do matter i think that most voters kind of have their minds made up already at this point miller wrote missourians could have made up their minds on which candidate to go for without trump doing this pennsylvanians are still mad at the oz endorsement and oz is trailing his democratic his democrat opponent by seven point average at this stage miller writes with respect to all because he did lobby to get this published i know it's funny it makes for a good troll but this is a serious primary it's a serious election this is the senate control of which could make biden a total lame duck it's the senate that is considering a tax increase bill and an assault weapons air quotes assault weapons ban is it really all of that is it really all that funny that the kingmaker for the gop pulls a joke like this on the night before the primary i get that i mean i do agree to an extent but at the same time I don't know. I do think it's do, would would there have been condemnation if Trump hadn't made an endorsement? I mean, is he expected to make an endorsement in every race? It's re, it's no, it's not usual that people make endorsements in um, primaries. I mean, I know a lot. There's a lot of big organizations that don't get involved in the primaries just because you're handing, you know, weaponry essentially to the Democratic opposing candidate come general. I but I but I do understand that perspective. I'm hearing some stuff from people in Wisconsin. So Rebecca Cleefish was the lieutenant governor under Scott Walker, and she's running for governor. She's a strong conservative. Rebecca Cleefish is. I've met her before. I went up there to help her out. To, to This was way back when. This was like 
like what 2012 2013 i was in wisconsin helping to raise money for her and um did a rally with them in front and this was after when the whole recall stuff was going on because the governor and lieutenant governor kind of had to have their own war chests and she's a hard worker and apparently i think that there's some there's some anger at the endorsement situation going on in there up there as well i have some friends who are hardcore grassroots i don't know anybody more grassroots than some of these folks up in wisconsin and they are livid about some of the endorsement stuff. So I get it. It is serious. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. <laughs> it's time for Florida Man. So uh, Vanilla Ice is going to open a brewery in South Florida. You know, remember him, Ice Ice Baby? Everybody knows him. I still, I don't know why we were just talking about this. I could still, I, if I had to do it to save the planet, I would, I could do it. If an asteroid was coming and it relied on me singing all the words to Ice Ice Baby, I would totally do it. Because yeah. I could, I can. It's a skill. I don't know why. Anyway, he's uh, opening a brewery in South Florida, according to Sun Sentinel. He said in a video, the Iceman is back at it like a Jack Rabbit, Mr. Van Winkle. It's a three-story building built in 1922, downtown Lake Fort Worth, or Lake Worth Beach. It needs some work, but he's opening a brewery. Going to be, be able to have your brewskis on... There you go. Uh, also, oh, let's see. Yeah, don't ever do this. WPTV in Florida. A dude decided to mail $10,000. He decided so he sent $10,000 in the mail to have his ex-girlfriend's new lover killed. 43-year-old Ryan Hadid pled guilty to using mail, which that adds a federal layer of offense, to commit a murder for hire. Dude, she ain't worth it. She ain't worth it. Don't do it. You can't do that. Stick with us. Another hour on the way back after this. I know that while we send our prayers and our love, we also, with each day, renew our commitment to the urgency of now and the ability that we have collectively, all of us in it together, to do something about it. What, can we have some dressing with that salad? I don't even know what she just said there. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Dana Lash here with you, your lovable curmudgeon. Find the newsletter on Substack, chapter and verse. For real, what did she just say? That's our illustrious VP. Can I, I don't know what her point is. What is her point? Go ahead. Yeah. Gosh, I'm sorry. I know that while we send our prayers and our love, we also, with each day, renew our commitment to the urgency of now and the ability that we have collectively, all of us in it together, to do something about it. The urgency of now? I I mean, pearls of wisdom from we have to collectively, which is all of us in it together. That's like she says the same thing five different ways in one thing. I just want to re, we renew our commitment to the urgency of now and the ability that we have collectively, all of us in it together to do something about it. I don't even know what she's talking about. The, do you realize where's this at? Apparently it's like uh 
Kamala Harris predictive text. Someone sent that. Let me find this. Somebody sent this, I thought. Let me look, because I, uh, that would actually be a really fun, that would be a fun party game. You know that? You could, it's like Mad Libs, but like Harris style. Actually, it is kind of like Mad Libs. Uh, yeah, but it's, it is like a predictive text. I don't understand what she's talking about it just doesn't even sound right some people have been they I mean, you can actually kind of she's hopeful love is going to win today and tomorrow and yesterday which is the day before today which is i said that's the day before tomorrow and it's two days after yesterday mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like i kind of want to play that game kamala harris predictive text yeah, the, which is the day before I went to bed. That was yesterday. That's, you know, so great. So deep. And the wisdom of pearls. It's just America where freedom rings like onion rings, which are so delicious and also, dare I say, nutritious. <laughs> I don't even know. That made sense. It sounds just like her. I could I could be her. Okay. Oh my gosh. Oh okay. So who was it? Uh speaking of things that are awkward, I saw this thing where Liz Cheney I didn't wasn't gonna talk about it because so she's not gonna win. Liz Cheney out in Wyoming. She had posted a a picture on Twitter. Where, I, what was the tweet that she had? And Newsweek did a whole thing on it. She shared a picture of, of Kevin Costner in his Yellowstone, like, I guess, on the set of Yellowstone. And he was wearing an I'm for Liz Cheney shirt. And she, sent, she said, real men put country over party. And I guess it's, he's there in Wyoming at the... Uh, at the Yellowstone at the Yellowstone set, so he's endorsed her. Trump endorsed Harriet Hageman, and Costner had said before he finds the two party labels too limiting. He did endorse Biden in twenty twenty. So I don't just. I mean, he's a great actor. He's just wrong. He's not a jerk. I. I mean, I'm totally fine for him to have his own opinion. I just think it's funny that she shares a photo of a guy endorsing her. He's the only common factor there is that he's in Wyoming. He's not from Wyoming. He's from L.A. But OK, I guess that I don't know what she's done in office except the J6 stuff. That's all. I, that's not going up. That's not going over for her voters. Her, I think, um, desire to try to put herself apart from everyone by going so hard on the J6 stuff is I, that, I think that's just kneecapped her. She's like she's down quite a bit from what I'm what I'm seeing in the polls. So um I I just think that was kind of I'm not I still am going to enjoy Yellowstone. I really liked uh what was it 1814, 1813. That was that was amazing. I I was sad that that ended, but I just that was a, that was just a silly that was a silly tweet that she put out there. Someone responded to her with a photo of Costner talking to uh, uh, Castro, <laughs> meeting Castro, talking to him. 
Like, yes, yes, actually, that, that Castro. So, I don't know. I just don't think it's going to, that's not going to go over, going to go over too well for her. Uh, a couple of other things. We've been watching all this stuff with China. We have uh, the, I, my, my summation of it is I think that she probably has some business to do over there. And I think it's rubbing up against Biden's business in China. And at least I will say at least she's doing it. She's taking more of a stand than some of the some of the people in the administration than the well than the entirety of the administration. So I can't really fault her there. I actually said something nice. Can you note this so that I never have to actually so I can say I have said something nice. It was on this day that I said something nice. Right. Yeah. I want to share with you this email from uh, Ron DeSantis to the view. Well, it was from Ron DeSantis's team. It was from Brian Griffin, his deputy press secretary. So The View emailed DeSantis's team asking for him to join The View. If they would arrange an appearance with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis for The View. And the governor's office wrote back, Quote, they blacked out the name that they, of the individual, the producer from The View, who was writing, because they kept it classy. They wrote, quote, Dear blank, thanks for the invite. I understand that you are sending this request on behalf of your team. But are the hosts of The View really interested in hearing from Governor DeSantis about all of the important work that he's doing on behalf of Floridians to protect their health and livelihoods, to stand up for parents and children, and to defend freedom? Which of the below statements from the hosts of The View do you recommend our team consider when deciding if the interview will be a genuine pursuit of the truth or worth the time? Joy Behar, August of 2021, who said, quote, you're just short of calling DeSantis a negligent homicidal sociopath because that's what he is. And she was saying he's risking everyone's life. Uh, Sonny Hostin, June 2022, quote, death Santis. I think he's a fascist and a bigot, end quote. Anna Navarro, April 2022, on DeSantis's policies, quote, it's anti-black, it's anti-gay, it's anti-LGBTQ+, blah, blah, blah. Sonny Hostin again, February 22nd, on DeSantis's policies. He's coming after black people, and she had a whole bunch of other stuff on there. He had uh, Brian Griffin writing for Governor Ron DeSantis, quote, we will pass on this offer. Also, please note, we don't coordinate appearances or events of a political nature from the official office. Our role is to serve the people of Florida. Thank you. Brian Griffin, Deputy Press Secretary, Executive Office of the Governor. Boy, oh boy. Well, that I think they're right. I think that's absolutely perfect. And they weren't interested in having an actual engagement. It's it, they weren't interested in a real conversation, not at all. I think it's gotten worse. When I guest hosted the View, um, I remember the first time that I was there. I was uh, Barbara Walters was there. She hated me. I wasn't. I th- I think it was Whoopi Goldberg was there. Joy Behar wasn't there. It was back when Jenny McCarthy was still with them, and she was very sweet. Jenny McCarthy was just wonderfully sweet. I have nothing bad to say about her. But Barbara Walters, they were playing a video of me shooting a gun. I think it was one of, I can't remember which rifle it was, uh, in, on the big screen behind us. And then she looks at me and she's like, so do you enjoy shooting? 
And I just looked at her and I kind of like gestured to the screen and I'm like, well, I, I guess, I, I guess I, I do with that up there. I mean, yeah, it was just weird. Like she really wanted to try to marginalize me uh, and it didn't, it didn't really work out. Uh, but it was, they, they're not like that anymore. I think they have some new producers and they're just not like the way that they, they're not like the way that they used to be. So, which they were still, you know, I mean, it was one of the reasons why you had, you know, people, you, they were supposed to have all you know, different types of viewpoints come together. And now the only acceptable Republican is one who's really not. So, you know, but I think that was great on Governor DeSantis on his, his response with that. That's exactly what needed to be said. Nothing, nothing more, nothing less. So we've been talking about China. We were also talking about the. Biden was having a decent week. He was. He was. He has this uh, Al Zwahiri, the guy who was taken out on a cobble balcony with a, cha- a slap chop, which is I've been looking at pictures of this thing since first talking about this at the top of our first hour. And it is amazing. It's I mean, it's. I don't know what else. It's kind of like a slap chop slash garden weasel slash I don't know. And it just pop, 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 no explosion. Can you just I'm just trying to invent what in a that's like an amazing thing. The R9X. It's an amazing thing. So he's just out there on his balcony. Not probably not his balcony. Somebody's balcony and Kabul showing you that Al Qaeda has reestablished in Afghanistan as we all knew they would. He's out there on his balcony and something just comes up and I wonder if it made a noise or if anybody even knew what happened until they looked and saw that he was shredded meat on the on the ground. Do you think? Does it make a noise? I mean, is there any kind of test in action? You know, on Forged in Fire, my friend Grady hosts that. You know, they do this test where after you have, you know, after you they make the whatever blade assignment they get, they go up and they chop a pig or something like that. And I'm just wondering, is there like a is there a test? Can't find me. I want to see it in action because I know it doesn't sound like that. I mean, it's big enough to chop up a fat terrorist. So I still need to see the body, though. You know, I just don't after all everything with the pandemic and being lied to about the Wu flu and the masks and the injections and everything else and and being called a murderer for not complying with whatever cosplay make believe they want to go along with. I just feel like I need to see the terrorists. The Dead Terrace, which is a great punk band name. Just like we need to see Dumb Aliens. I just need to see Al Zwahiri's chopped up old man fat body. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's probably not going to be a not safe for work image, but I'm a taxpayer, right? I need some receipts. You know, what, what do we pay our taxes for if we don't get to see this stuff? And I'm saying I pay a lot in taxes, okay? I want some receipts. Receipts. R-U-H-S-E-E-T-S. Receipts. Did you find me that video? Yeah, there's some. You want to make one, don't you? Digitally rendered video. Oh, no, that's not the same. Exactly. They're probably not going to because it'll show some secret, right? Well, it wouldn't be out there, I guess. You know what would be funny, too, is if you were not able to do it with a drone, if you send one of those robot dogs that look like French burglar's legs, the four <laughs> legs, and you just send that thing over there and its head pops off and does it. I have all kinds of ideas for the advanced weaponry. It's the military slap chop, right? I mean, we just, or as Kane said, this dude was fruit ninja We just have 
the administrations were. Do you trust them? Do you think this dude's all chopped up and dead? I'd like to see something like usually we get like an aerial video of the release yeah. from the drone or something that would point to this being a factual thing that happened. Steve uh, is saying that we got to shut up because we got to go to break. Okay, then never I know. But can we pause this here though? And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. And with that, the uh, entire state of California apparently has declared a monkeypox emergency, or as it is also known, a schmonkeypox emergency. What did you think I was? What is with you? What is with you in this? Do you think everything's going to be long COVID? Uh, Newsom has declared a state of emergency for monkeypox as it has quickly spread across his state. They said they have more than 5,800 cases nationwide and 827 of them confirmed in California. And a passenger was slapped with a huge fine because of being it's a dog detecting a McDonald's meal. What? I'm going to talk about this coming up. Stick with us. Politics, pop culture, and whatever else gets canceled, tossed in a blender, paid for by sponsored hate mail. It's the Dana Show. Good morning. You know, a lot of people have been asking me to say something about the man on MSNBC that called me the N-word. Here's what I got to say about that. Shame on MSNBC and shame on him. I'm going to pray for both of them because they need Jesus. When I saw what he said... It reminded me of the differences between myself and my opponents, Senator Warnock, and the left-wing crazy that believe America is fundamentally a bad country full of racist people. They want to divide us, turn us against each other. We have our problems, but we can solve them together. Hmm. That is Herschel Walker on in Georgia who's running against uh, Raphael Warnock out there. Herschel Walker is, I mean, he's... He's a solid candidate. I don't know why some people are. I I don't know why they're they're people are. Well, I know why Democrats are attacking them the way they are. I think some Republicans are worried because they want a big victory. They don't want any seat to be in question. Welcome back to the program, Dana Lash here with you. That's and I get it. The Senate's going to be tough. There's some seats that are going to be that you don't want in play. Georgia is going to take a lot of money and attention. Pennsylvania is going to take a lot of money and attention. Nevada is going to take money and attention. You don't want to add to those seats by having them, you know, be in less than capable hands. I'm still going back and forth about that Trump endorsement. Yesterday, I was laughing my head off. Apparently, there's a Pelosi piece or Pelosi Politico piece. I was just reading a headline about the Pelosi thing. There's a Politico piece that's out that kind of gives some backstory into what exactly happened with the Missouri endorsement. So what happened is that the, so it was reported that he was on the phone with people all day and he had a meeting with RNC chairwoman, Ronna McDaniel, and they brought up the Missouri race. And during the sit down, Trump called Josh Hawley. And I don't know if you guys remember, Josh Hawley was running against McCaskill when Greetens was governor, and Greetens was only governor for barely over a year. And then he got himself of his own choosing into a lot of trouble, and it ended up really screwing over voters. And, you know, it's just, I, I don't like people whose inability to keep it in their pants 
screws up an election and for everybody and a state for everybody in terms of how you know party influence i just i don't like that it's bad strategy and i don't like i don't like people who are too blinded by love for self to recognize how it affects everybody else holly was running against mccaskill at the time all this was happening and this was like starting to bleed over into his race against mccaskill and you know mccaskill oh my gosh she was she's just miserable she hates me to death but she um, she yelled at me before the press conference. I asked her a question, and she yelled at me in front of everybody. Um, long story short, Josh Hawley uh, did not like the fact that he was having to deal, and he was also attorney general at the time. He did not like the fact that he was having to deal with all greet and stuff. And because he's AG, and you had that supermajority Republican legislature that interviewed the same witnesses and looked at the same evidence, and they decided that there was enough there to merit impeachment. They didn't want to impeach a sitting Republican governor because that's electoral baggage while they had a race going on already. That whole thing that, oh, it was the Republican establishment. Is the Republican establishment what's in your pants? Because that's the only thing that got you in trouble. Is the Republican establishment, is the, Repu- is the establishment, did they, were they the ones who got you in trouble with the FEC? No, you chose to do that did the establishment get you in trouble with the chick in the basement no you chose to do that did the republican establishment make you lie to everybody no you chose to do that did the republican establishment make you be friends with bob holden and drive to see barack obama speak during one of those democratic dnc things when all the rest of us were in the streets getting conservatives elected no the establishment didn't make you do that you made you do that i am not going to sit here and listen to any insider politician sit here and blame the establishment that for his own stupid decisions not interested in that okay so he so he called josh holly trump called josh holly josh holly's i could only imagine i've actually never met senator holly we're both from missouri and we know a lot of the same grassroots people grassroots loves holly man i could only imagine his face because it would have been mine oh my gosh really he's actually been on the show before but i've not met him in person so Holly was like, look, this is what is Politico's reporting. And I've heard this from a couple other people. Look, you know, uh, the ex-governor is down in all the polls. Which ones? All of them. Literally all of them. Double digits in this latest one. The, one that, the only one that was calling it for you in 2016. So... It was interesting because Politico says by the time Guilfoyle made it in the room, Holly was no longer on the line. Uh, and they said that, you know, other Republicans were trying to dissuade Trump from endorsing Greitens because they were like, look, you're going to. And these were the, these were some of the Republicans that were just trying to keep the Senate. I don't think it has anything to do with establishment or not establishment at this point, because he's is the insider. Um it was, and I think that's something that Trump has to consider too. You don't want to be, you don't want to be the guy who endorses the guy who ends up losing the Senate for everybody. Okay, you don't want to do that, and it's of his own thing. That's what's crazy. There is no establishment vendetta against this guy. This is getting into some Hillary territory. It's the vast right wing conspiracy. No, it's called couldn't keep it in your pants. And also lied about election spending. All these came together to form a perfect storm of screwing yourself. That's what happened. So he apparently was on the phone all day yesterday talking to people. And, you know, you got your future daughter-in-law 
who I just think if you're going to try to be kingmaker with influence, you need to make it your own influence, who was pushing the this ex-governor and then everybody else. You Winsome Sears came out for Eric Schmidt. Chris Rufo, the CRT, he came out for Eric Schmidt. Um, Mitch McConnell did not. Mitch McConnell does not endorse Eric Schmidt and does not like him. They don't like each other. So he ended up punting. I still think it's kind of funny. Uh, PJ Miller writing over a chapter and verse does not think it was funny. It's like so serious, too serious to do that. I get it. Yeah, I do. I'm, I'm being persuaded. It was a punt. Was it not? It was, well, I can't go with this guy because I'm going to screw over the whole, you know, although would it have saved him? I mean, he's trailing double digits. I don't know. You look at Pennsylvania. What, let me look at this. What's the RCP, the uh, average for Pennsylvania? Because the last I looked, Dr. Oz was trailing uh, John Fetterman, who is not, I don't, is he even actually like campaigning right now? I think he's in the hospital still. Let me look at this. So, yeah, he's, Fetterman's up plus eight now. The Oh, so he's actually increased his lead. He was up plus six a couple of last week. Now he's up plus eight. And a Fox News poll has him at plus 11. They like a, they, he's a, they have him at plus 11. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I'm not, I only can laugh because I don't want to cry. I don't want to lose the Senate. I mean, granted, it's going to be, you know, razor thin, but this latest Hill, you had a Hill Emerson that had Schmidt plus 14. I mean, I'm just looking at some of these in Arizona. Uh, you have, uh, see, there's actually too many. In Arizona, there was only one that showed Masters plus eight, and I'm looking at the date on that. That was back in July 28th. Uh, in Georgia, I think Warnock is leading only within the margin of error, though. He's he's got a plus four, and I think the it's like right around margin of error, so he might be up actually plus one. And in Arizona, I mean, there's some states here that I mean, these are going to be some hard, you know, going to have some battles. There's just there's there's we're and I'll cover all of this. By the way, I'm gonna I'm gonna write all this up, and I will cover the conclusion of these of these races. Uh, because it's a big pri- I was watching Democrats uh, some of the Democrat have you don't think that Republicans are singular and yelling at each other about stuff if you look over at Democrats I looked at the uh, Mosin thread all the Democrats are arguing with each other and people were yelling at each other because someone put someone's sign in front of someone else's sign and I swear that your campaign person took this oh my gosh the drama it is just as much so don't think that you know don't think that is just it's just Republicans because it's not. But we just got to be very careful as it relates to the Senate. Yeah, Winsome Sears, that was like her first endorsement, I think. Very interesting. Notice that DeSantis is keeping his powder dry on all this. Have you seen that? He's just focusing on Florida. He's keeping his head low. As, as our ship sails through these troubled waters, he just keeps his head down and he's working on Florida. That's his plan. It's not, it's, I mean, it's a savvy plan. He's not going to wade into this and fight over, because you, you'd be having the longest primary fight if Trump ends up running. I don't know if he's going to run or not. But I, he's, I think he's handling this very, I think, smartly. So we, uh, I have, uh, 
what time is it in Taiwan? Because everybody's sleeping they're, in Taiwan. They're 11 hours ahead of us. Are they 11 hours ahead of us? So they're still, Pelosi's not awake. She's been, because by the time we were going on air, she apparently had just like an hour before arrived in Taipei. I haven't seen anything else from China. I think they're waiting for everybody to wake up and see what happens before they decide if they're going to send any more jets into the Taiwan Straits or not. You know what? If they decide to get froggy, we need to send that little thing that chopped up the... uh, This is me speculating as a free speech American, by the way. I'm fascinated by this flying Ginsu thing where we slap chop that terrorist on a balcony uh, who shouldn't have been in Afghanistan anyway, but because of the disastrous administration's rollout, that's what ended up happening. Juan, if you're watching the simulcast of the nationally syndicated radio show, and you can watch some, watch it as well on the first or YouTube or Facebook, Juan got video of this thing. I mean, it's, and it's all simulated. It's not exactly, it's all, you know, simulated. Well, that's, well, that's a real one. That's real. It looks like a giant Nerf gun. I want to build one. I mean, not with real knives. I don't think I could. This would not be classified as a commonly owned arm, so I don't. Right. But they had a little drone. It drops it, and this thing just goes, and slap chops up its target. It looks like a giant Nerf gun. I would see that because, you know, the orange. And I'd be like, Nerf. And then, but there's no explosion. We have these cool things. I just feel like maybe Xi Jinping should shut up. You know, did you just see what we sla- how we slap chop this guy? Don't be getting froggy. We're going to drag that scounth. That's what's going to happen. We're going to slap chop you up. Says the best Kim Peel, one of the best, funniest Kim Peel segments. Oh, we got more to come, folks. Listen to the Dana Show live on the Odyssey app, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. You know that slap chop missile? You could apparently, if you're going and you're sending some of this weaponry, like two, you know, uh, you got a, a terrorist in a car, you can like singularly get that terrorist in the car. I mean, maybe not with a slap chop, but that's how, like, so smartly guided this stuff is. Welcome back to the program. I'm still, I like gadgets, man. I mean, it has not, it sounds like a joke. It is a knife missile. How, I just want to know how that came to be. Guys, you know what we need? We need to minimize explosions. We don't want people to know what we're doing. I agree, Bob. Jim, you know what we need to do? What about knives? I was thinking the same thing. If we could somehow Edward scissor hand up a missile and have like a portable blender, just shoot it right over to the bad guy and chop him up, chop him up into little tiny pieces. Bob, Jim, that sounds amazing. Doesn't it though? Can we do such a thing? We can because we're America scene. I mean, I would watch that show. Oh, that's it. That's actually like an office style, like weaponry design. I don't know. I, I just think it's cool. Makes me want to put knives on more things, right? What? <laughs> what do you think was this, this dude's last thought? Stuff. <laughs> sees this coming towards him. I mean, <laughs> what do you Yes, I am laughing about a dead terrorist because I don't like terrorists. I don't. Am I supposed to feel sad? No, for real though. What was his last thought? Like that? I mean, when you when you see something and then the knives come out, you've never seen that before. Is it the first time we ever chopped somebody up like that remotely? 
I'm surprised no one called it the Edward Scissorhand. There probably would have been like a licensing issue, you know, but still. Everybody, nobody likes terrorists. Somebody surely would have like waved the fee on that, right? Yeah, you can go ahead and say he got Scissorhand up. It's okay. <laughs> like when, I just want to know, like what, I mean, tell me that there's a camera on that thing, right? We got body cams on cops. Tell me that there's a camera. There's camera footage of this thing flying towards this guy. And his eyes are huge. <laughs> and he's before it slap chops him up. Did we ever do we have, you know what? Let, let me look at this. Did you guys ever somebody didn't know what the slap chop was? You know that? What? Yeah, they didn't know what the slap chop was. No I like what the, your age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Let me here, let me pull this. Because they had uh it was the original, I mean, they, they had a great commercial. I remember seeing this, and I was like, I actually want to purchase this thing because it sounds amazing. Let me, let me. Slap chop. You can yeah. be in a great mood all day because you're going to be slapping your troubles away with a slap Slapping chop. your troubles away. One Bam. Slap, you got big chunks for stews. Who slaps? Boom. Two slaps on a, a potato. Would you add a mushroom? Add a mushroom. It's, it's a party. You have to switch any grades. You love salad. Yeah. You hate making it. Take hate the making celery, it. Celery, take the carrots. Oh. I love pizza. I'm sold all over again, man. You know this guy is like, he totally got arrested, right? Didn't he slap a hooker or something like that? I don't know. Here's a hard-boiled egg. It's a shamwell incident. I mean, it was, yeah. And what you can do, you can mix Slap, together. chop it up. This is like a prodigy song for home ec, go, right? You're going to love my nuts. Watch Slap, this. chop my fruit up. It's like, I don't know what's wrong today. Oh, anyway. I need to see some receipts. Okay, Kane, before this gets off the rails. Hunter Biden comes around. Someone said rails? Too late. No Parmesan here. Go ahead. Too late. It's way off the rails. All right, uh, Claire McCaskill was out there drumming yeah. up some more fear because Kansas's vote today on abortion is happening. So listen to what she's saying. But uh, dog sniffing women at airports to see if they're traveling to have an abortion. What? Uh, they don't want civil posses what? out looking to find whoa, people who have enabled <laughs> someone to get a safe and legal what? abortion this and is so go take after them in court. This is the kind of stuff the Republicans are doing. No, no, no it's we, not. We are? Wait, you have dogs sniffing women. It smells like you're gonna go get an abortion. <laughs> That's what you're gonna do. <laughs> have a great night. We'll be back with you tomorrow. <laughs>